you And when I defang the viper Trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere Jeff, I already put you out I don't even know why you're out here right now Keep on talking Hey, hey, hey do me a favor Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting And you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the crew And Mustafa, you out here A boy of one man And I'm gonna tell you what you got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Welcome back to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Afis, and with me as always is Devin, and we are about to do the Raw and SmackDown recap for this past week. Now, we did briefly talk about Raw a little bit uh, when we did the WrestleMania recap, so we'll be focusing more on SmackDown for this one. We, do, we did want to just do a rundown just so you get all of the matches that happened on Raw, yep, uh, yep. just like a quick uh, little little overview of what happened on that show, and then we'll go a little bit more in depth on SmackDown. So, um, without further ado, uh, let's let's start off with Raw. Um, going down the list here, we had um, Asuka go against Liv Morgan one-on-one. Uh, Asuka ended up winning that matchup. We had the uh, Raw Tag Team Champions defend their titles again in a rematch from WrestleMania. The Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Uh, that matchup kind of had a lot going on in it. It's it like started- a three-in-one, man. It just- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of transformations going on in that. Yeah, I mean, it, it started out as a tag team match, and then it got there was a disqualification that happened, and then Bianca Belair came out and became Bianca versus Lena Vega, and then that ended in disqualification or no contest, what they have here officially, and then it became a six-person tag match, and Bianca Belair was added to the Street Profits, and Lena Vega was added to Angel Garza and Austin Theory, yep. and Finally, we got a finish. Bianca Belair uh, getting the victory for their for her team, um, and they were the victors on that night. So, uh, yeah, just a lot. I mean, this match went long. A lot of commercial breaks. Um, just just a whole lot going on. I don't know, um, but it was great to see Bianca Belair. I think on on Raw she's going to fit in really well, so that'll be really cool. Um, Alistair Black uh, versus Apollo Cruz, uh, a really good match actually. This one, um, I don't think a lot of people would have said, oh, you know, this matchup between these two guys is, would be one of those like you know anticipated matches, right? But right. seeing them wrestle each other and seeing the how they put over Apollo Cruz. Yeah, Alistair Black won, but Apollo Crews really looked great, and they, yeah. they really made it look like I didn't even he like had the conversation. Uh, even Apollo was saying towards Alistair, man, and mm-hmm. it was uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, say more about that. Oh well, you know how he was just telling him, like, uh, you know, like uh, what, I think he was just kind of talking to himself, saying, like, man, I, I can do this, I can do this, and I, I was digging it, man. It felt like he was just digging deep against against Alistair, and I was kind of shocked, like, how long they went. Uh, I think maybe with commercials, it's maybe 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, it, it felt that way. It definitely yeah. felt that way. It was at least two or three commercial breaks. 
Yeah, and and Apollo Cruz, you know, he was he was selling uh, an injury to one of his legs, I believe, and you know, Alistair Black was attacking that, uh, somewhat similar to what we saw with with uh, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, where you know Apollo Cruz was just fighting through that injury and just kept finding a way, you know, to to you know kick out of Alistair's move. So yeah, props to Apollo Cruz. Uh, he was a new acquisition for for Raw. They really wanted to showcase him, and I think they did a great job of doing that. So you know, nice job to him and to Alistair black for putting on a great match um with a new tag team of ricochet and cedric alexander they don't have an official name yet so it's just ricochet and and cedric alexander they went against name they beat them. i don't know man i mean you know it could be it could be anything i mean one's a superhero and the other one you know is just former 205 live champ so yeah. i i, I I'm, I'm not in that in mindset even really to to come well, up with a name for the new monarch as the bad boys movie where they call like the the I don't know, the Flyboys? I don't know, man. I don't know if that would work. I don't know how I feel about the Flyboys. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It could. I mean, you know, I guess maybe, but I don't know. And and WWE's not against, you know, using a name that's, you know, somewhat, you know, cheesy or hokey or whatever. So we we had the Viking experience. Right, exactly. So it could be anything. It could be anything. It could be the two high flyers or something, you know, something like on the nose like that. And they could just... Get lazy, but we'll see. Cross, right? No, no lame. (laughs) But um, on the positive side, though, with this, I thought that they did look strong. You know, both Ricochet and Cedric Alexander seemed unstoppable as a team, and only Lorkin and Danny Birch, the team they faced. I mean, if anybody you know watches them from NXT UK and NXT, I mean, these two guys are hard hitting, and you know, they're probably one of the uh, some of the stiffest. Uh, wrestlers on the roster period not even nxt just roster yes yes so you know for ricochet and cedric alexander to look this good you know i I feel like it was it was a step in the right direction uh wwe still needs to prove that they are truly you know going to be behind tag teams and going to push the tag team division but i think these two guys giving them something to do other than being on main event and you know uh you know matches that people aren't watching um, it, it's, it's great to see, you know, them kind of back in the limelight on Raw in this way. So, fingers crossed that this, yeah. this leads to great things for for these two guys. Quick question. Speaking of tag teams, did you hear about the Revival getting released from their contract from WWE? Is it official? Did it happen? It's official. It happened yesterday on the 10th. They even wow. announced it on their website. I'm surprised you didn't even see it. No, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, man. It was all down to news feeds on their social websites, and it's official. And this is... Uh, and I guess based on their on their contract, from what I hear, they have uh, they don't have a no comp- no compete clause. Meaning, if they were well, they are term. If WWE were to release them, you know, you know, they can't compete for any other promotion for ninety days. But that's not that stipulation in their contract, so they could immediately go to the other guys. Yeah, I, I think it's it's for the best. You know, their their time on uh you know raw and smackdown respectively just was not what it could have been uh and nxt they reached a height that you know you would have expected a a team of of that you know skill set to to be able to get to and um you know it was it was actually really disappointing to see how their 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 run went on uh on raw and smackdown so uh them getting released and being able to go to to uh the 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 quote-unquote enemy if you will of, of wwe an AEW, I mean, you know, I think it's for the best. I think that tag team division is amazing, and they oh, just yes. got another one if this happens, which it oh should. My God. Yeah, I can't wait. that's going to be insane. It, it is. really is. It is. 
So, Good yeah, man. What's that? Yeah, great for them. Great for them. I'm really happy for those guys that, that finally they're going to be able to. They got to... what they wanted because I know there were rumors surfacing. Like, they asked for their release, I want to say, almost a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, this has been an ongoing thing when it comes yes. to their release for a while now. So I, I'm glad. I'm glad that they, they finally happened and that now it's like on to the next, you know, for both sides, for WWE and for for uh, the revival, you know, on to the next. So good, good for good for but specifically for the revival. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, so moving on through this card here, uh, Seth Rollins uh, destroyed this guy, Denzel DiGiornay. Um, you know, he basically was just just. I don't know. He, he was he was a he was a human punching bag, basically <laughs> for for man. Seth Rollins. Um, Seth came out looking like you know he was pissed. real pissed, pissed, just angry, and you know loved this demeanor for Seth. Yes. Um, I think uh, you know this loss here to Kevin Owens. You know, in terms of you know what it meant to both guys for Kevin, it's great because he gets that WrestleMania moment. For Seth, you know, it can help motivate his character to kind of get to another level. Um, get a little bit darker, a little bit meaner, a little bit, you know, more serious about, you know, trying to get victories again. So I, I'm really excited. And yeah, he looked he looked great here. I did he did, man. Seth was looking super pissed off. I felt like when he had that stare down where they were both in the ring against Denzel and what's his last name? It sounds like a, a mustard. Dijorne. Yeah. Dijorne. Like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like- I'm like mustard, man. But whatever, man. Uh, I felt like, man, Seth was like looking through him when he just had that stare, just a darkness in his eyes. And I'm like, oh, this dude is about to get destroyed. That's immediately what I thought, man. So it was a great look for Seth, man. Something that, you know, this loss that can uh, add another uh, layer to his character. Yeah. I mean, DiGiorno's a pizza, too, so, you know, I was thinking pizza the whole time. So, what was saying his last name. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. But, yeah, Seth Rollins definitely sliced him up, so, you know. He did. There just... you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. On to the next. Uh, we had the return of Nia Jax. Um, she went on and also just another demolishing of another yeah. another wrestler, uh, Diana Perrazzo from NXT, just mm-hmm. got just destroyed, destroyed, just pulled around, dragged around by her hair, you know, and Nia Jax was talking to her the whole time, That's you know, neck. just, yeah, it was, it was, it was nasty, it was nasty, yeah. it was nice, it was nice to see Nia Jax back um, and be so dominant and just, you know, have that edge to her, it was, it yeah. was a nice sight. And she was looking like a dominant heel, man. You know, yeah. especially with the trash talk she had. Like, come on, D- like, come on, uh, Deanna, hit me, hit me, Deanna. I was like, oh, this is annoying, but it's great at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally is, man. And, and I guess now, you know, with with Nia Jax being back, I guess you have to put her right there in the mix against against Becky. Like oh, that just. You know, has to happen. I mean, I want Shayna to still be in that mix too, and potentially maybe you know Shayna wins the championship, but Nia, you know, like takes the the you know takes Becky on, and maybe is, is the reason part of the reason why uh, Becky loses, and then it becomes a Becky Nia thing for a little bit, as Shayna can start to dominate the rest of the women's division. Uh, they may go that route, but um, yeah, I, I thought that Nia looked great. And she's ready to just get right back into the title. She is, man. You just saw it. Like, I didn't see any type of rust. Like, even based on her character, too, the Nia Jax character that she has, I'm like, oh, that, she, she haven't lost a step in that. So she's ready to go face Becky, like, immediately. 
Yeah, so looking forward to seeing that. Um, uh, Umberto Carrillo, um, also kind of just a quick dominant win over Brendan Vink. Um, you know, Brendan Vink, he's uh, we've seen squash. Yeah, I mean, it, but here's the thing though: we did have you know um, some some NXT showed up in a big way with Bianca Belair. Oh, yeah, um, you know, most of this roster is basically NXT now, so I don't even really you know think about it that way anymore. I mean, the current NXT like up and coming people getting beat by established names like Seth Rollins and Nia Jax, like it's it's to be expected. Um, even Ricochet and Cedric Alexander beating Oni Lorcan, it really didn't bother me. Um, especially again because all of those people were also NXT, so you know, it's it's fine. Well it's that fine. wasn't a bad loss for Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. I, I just meant someone like, you know, Deanna, like she really got destroyed and, you know, I was surprised by uh Brandon Vink against Umberto Carrillo, you know, getting like a straight up dominant win too. I guess that's the most surprising one, you know, Brendan Vink because he's he's a bigger guy. Yeah, and Umberto yeah. Carrillo has not really been like a super dominant person. Like he's never won a championship in in uh, WWE, and you know, he, he just he doesn't seem like that guy that's ready to just dominate anybody. But um, especially a guy who they seem to be also sort of building. Um, you know, we've seen him a couple of times in NXT. I mean, he's lost his matches even in NXT, but. He's he's been competitive, you know, very competitive in the matches that he's been in. So it it it, it was a little bit surprising to me, but I guess it didn't. I wasn't like, oh, you know, how why are they booking him this way? Why are they doing this to Brendan Vink? Like, nah, he's not he's not wor- worthy of that yet, you know, to to say that hey, they need to protect him and you know try to you know make him look strong. Like he's 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 kind of in that like he's a he's a nice up and coming talent. But, you know, he still needs to earn his spot, you know, in, in the in, in the WWE roster, whether it's NXT or WWE or whatever, you know, like I think he still has some work to do. And Umberto, I mean, he's been on television with Rey Mysterio, with Andrade, you know, with Angel Garza. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's been in, in part of, uh, you know, fought for the United States Championship. Like, I guess it... it Big picture, it makes sense, I think, that Umberto Carrillo did this. But I guess knowing and seeing Brendan Vink more so than maybe the average fan because we're watching everything, NXT and everything that he's been on. He was on Monday Night Raw like the week before with, uh, what was it, Shane Thorne? Yeah, yeah, in a tag match. Yeah, yeah. And Brandon Vink was putting in like some decent work. So it was just, you know, I felt like, you know, he took like a step back when he was – mostly dominated by Umberto Carrillo. I expected Brandon Fink to lose, but I'm just saying maybe it wasn't like the same fight I got. That's fair. Mm. I think that's fair. I mean, again, I'm not not mad at it completely, but, you know, it it could have been a little bit more even, you know, to your point. You know, I think that that's totally fair. Um, With Deanna Perrazzo and Nia Jax, I actually had no problem with Nia Jax doing what she did. I felt a little bit bad for Deanna Perrazzo, because, you know, I saw her in the Mayan Classic and I thought, oh, you know, this she could be really good in NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, but against Nia Jax, ah, there's not too many people that are going to be able to do anything to Nia Jax. I mean, at this point, I feel like even someone they're trying to build, like Liv Morgan, yeah. I feel like if Nia goes against Liv Morgan, she's getting destroyed. destroyed. Like, it's just what's going <laughs> to happen, you know? So, it's, right. it's it's like, you just, you know, Deanna Perrazzo, I'm sorry, but you just got to take that out. And you got to take it badly because it's Nia, you know? 
So, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that one. Man, um, so you yeah. got to take it badly. You have to. You know, <laughs> this is Nia Jax, man. This is, she is a, is a beast. Man, you really accepted like, that, okay. Yeah, it's just what it is, you yeah. know. There's, there's not too many people that Nia Jax is going to have a realistic competitive match with unless they're pulling some serious heel tactics. Like, you know, they got to do something. You got to be strategic. Because Nia is just so dominant, so massive. You know, it's just like you, you, you have to do something special. Um, so, yeah, it's just what it is with those with those guys. Um, and then we talked about the WWE Championship match after the WWE Championship match from WrestleMania. So we won't really go too deep in, into that. Um, other than to say Drew McIntyre did retain his his championship against the Big Show after having to beat Brock Lesnar um, at WrestleMania. Right. <laughs> just unnecessary <laughs> matchup there. Yeah, yeah, just, just, I mean, nothing, nothing really more to add there other than it was unnecessary. But hey, Drew looked strong. It was, it was a great look for Drew after the fact. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, what Drew does from here. I mean, I don't know if we, I don't remember if we talked about this or not, but, you know, that next, I guess, I think we did talk about this a little bit. The next competitor for Drew after, you know, WrestleMania. You know, if you had to book it, if you had to say, this is the next person I want Drew McIntyre to get, go against, who's it going to be? Randy Orton. Really? Wow. Oh, Randy Orton. They was okay. on something before, I think, what was it, AJ intervened? Mm. Remember, uh, it was before yeah. Brock, not Brock, but Drew was going on this WrestleMania, you know, run. Or before they even the Royal Rumble run. Yeah. And Drew... And Randy Orton, they was like they was about to, you know, lock eyes and just go to blows. But that's when, uh, what was it? AJ Styles, the OC, intervened and it became like a three way, whatever, and it got all jumbled. So I was like, man, they had something right. They was onto something right there. So when, you know, fast forward to today, you know, WWE champ Drew McIntyre, I'm like, oh, I immediately want, I want, I want Randy. He's like the perfect heel to work off. Yeah, that's a great pick. I mean, Randy makes a whole lot of sense. And like you said, they do have unfinished business. I like that for the story for Drew McIntyre. Um, Seth Rollins, I think, would be my pick, to be honest with you. Just the run that that he's on, even with that loss, you know, the run he's on as as a heel. I think he's, right now, I would argue he's the top heel on Monday Night Raw. You know, if if they don't make any, you know, more changes or, you know, swap, you know, people for, for, uh, you know, the shakeup that's happening as we speak. I feel like Seth Rollins makes a lot of sense to just throw him right to that top guy. But I do love the Randy Orton pick because, you know, again, that story, that unfinished business they have, it just makes sense. And then Randy Orton comes with a stack of accolades with that, too. So from Drew to to take on that challenge, and if, yeah. I'm pretty sure the bill would be phenomenal. Yeah. And, yeah. And then Drew gets his win over that. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, it's man. Raw actually has some really strong heels because again, we just we just mentioned two, you, and they they turned Randy Orton heel for the Edge storyline, but it's it's created another big heel for Drew, and then Seth Rollins. You know, he's he's turned heel and he's been you know a monster as a Monday Night Messiah. Mm-hmm. And then we have AJ Styles also. You know, who you know once he digs himself out of that hole that Undertaker yeah. you know buried him in. Pretty sure like, his boys would help him out. Yeah, yeah, you know, if they're alive, you know, because we don't know. They, oh, the, yeah. the whole building blew up, and, I mean, yeah. they were they were both. Off and Carl got 
<laughs> Carl, Carl, yeah, got burned to a crisp. You know, according to what we saw in that movie, he was on the roof. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah. R.I.P. Carl Anderson. <laughs> but, um, and with the with the magic of wrestling, you know, they will return. And so, you know, AJ Styles is another great heel potentially for for Drew McIntyre. So yeah, man, he's got no no shortage of opponents potentially for for the uh, for the championship. You could definitely line them up, man. I think Drew, honestly, is going to be a champion for a long time. This is the yeah. way they just booked him. Like, dude just beat Brock. And then 20 minutes later, he beat Big Show. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. this is a guy that, that's truly, I mean, he called him the chosen one. Yep. You know, he called him the chosen one. So I, I do believe that what you just said, that Drew will have that title for a while. Um, I, I'm saying at least until SummerSlam, at least. And, you know, probably more likely beyond that. I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those title reigns that, you know, he, he holds on to that belt for a good year. You know, I could see something like that happening, which would be awesome for a guy like Drew to, to do that after everything he's been through. It's like a, a repeat of WrestleMania, Brock and, and Drew, too. It could. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I mean, Brock. And, and, and it's still unpredictable. It won't be predictable. Like, man, you never know. Like. Brock could come back and get the belt. It, it could be a nice build for that, too. It could. I guess the only thing that I don't like about the idea of that matchup is that we get another one of these, like, five-minute, yeah. you know, finisher, finisher, that, finisher that right. matches. Good point. You I don't know? want that if you're going yeah. to give me what I had. Like, what, what was it, four and a half minutes? Yeah. Yeah, I, it was no. just about that, yeah. No, nah, man. I want 12 minutes or longer. Yeah. You know, between those two, Brock can can still do that. You know, it is possible for Brock yeah. to, you know, have a longer matchup. It's more right. Goldberg that and that Royal Rumble has those issues. Yeah, exactly. He lasted a long time in the Royal Rumble, right. so you know, it would be nice to see you know Brock have a longer match, and then that match with Drew, I think, would be really cool. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Drew. I mean, I guess the thing that we're both saying here though is that we we do think that Drew is going to have a long title reign, and it's well deserved. And, uh, yeah, it should be a fun ride, definitely. Yeah, man. It's, I can't wait, man, because you, you feel that, that Vince McMahon is actually behind him. Yeah. You know? And he's and Drew has it all. Like, he has the look, has the wrestling chops, has the promo. And, you know, it, he, he has it all, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. I can see it. I can absolutely see it. Let's move on to SmackDown and talk about what happened uh, this past Friday. Um, we opened up the show with uh, Shinsuke. Well, actually, we opened up the show with Braun Strowman, mm-hmm. um, you know, talking about his championship win. And, you know, it's awesome to be the champ. And Shinsuke showed up, you know, and basically announced himself as a person who wanted to challenge Braun Strowman. Um, and he's, he made mention of the last time that they were all in the ring together. Um, you know, with Shinsuke, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn, you know, they beat Strowman for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's essentially it's all free, but you know, right? But it happened yeah. that he <laughs> he was pinned. You know, they beat him. So, you know, Shinsuke trying to use that to get on the skin of Braun Strowman, um, got himself a match against Braun Strowman. But I guess this was not a title match. I thought it was, but I, thought, I was confused. Yeah, I was confused. So I'm like, was it like, is it a title match? Is it not? I wish there was more clarification on that. Yeah, it was it was real confusing because at first it, it sounded like you know they were they were saying that Shinsuke was trying to that, that this was going to be a great first test in the title reign of Braun Strowman to defend against Shinsuke. I thought that's what they were alluding to in the beginning, 
But then during the match, they said, oh, you know, if Shinsuke wins this non-title matchup, then, you know, that'll go a long way to getting him a title match in the future. And it's like, well, what? You know, like all this time I thought <laughs> this was the title match. What are we doing? So really weird um, way to, to, to market that and to kind of sell that. But, um, you know, it was still cool, I thought, for Shinsuke to be in that in that title picture in a way. Um, yeah. Yep. Just, just like seeing that image. It was a good look for him too, because he stepped the brine and challenged him. Yep. I'm yep. Like, we why need not? that. We need that for Shinsuke. You yeah. know, for any Shinsuke fan, it had to be great to see that. Now, how do you feel that you know that this team is still together, this artist collective? I know you wanted Shinsuke, Shinsuke to go solo, but now he's still part of the artist collective. I think it's still, you know, only a matter of time before they split up. Um, I don't see this as being like a you know, Alexa, Nikki, where we think it's going to split up and then it just continues on and continues to be a thing. Mm. Um, I, I do feel like Shinsuke is going to... The story seems to be writing itself to where, you know, both Shinsuke and Cesaro will get annoyed with Sami Zayn and eventually, you know, see like, hey, we're lackeys for this guy. Um, you know, it makes sense. But then again... You know, Drew was a lackey for Shane for yeah. longer than he should have been, probably. And, you know, <laughs> it, it, it happened. You know, he was right. calling him the greatest, the, the best in the world. So, you know, I don't know. Find that, you know, follow that same roadmap that Drew was on. Man, if Shinsuke went from this to becoming, say, universal champion at WrestleMania... That would, oh my God, I would be so happy. You have no idea how happy I would be to see that. For Shinsuke to finally, 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 you know, have oh, that yeah. WrestleMania moment. Oh, you want that back. I hear it in your voice. You want that. Man. <laughs> Gosh, you have no idea. I can see I either, the picture just based off your, you know, just, I can hear it just based off your excitement, man. Like, I if see. They, yeah. If they do this right, because Shinsuke, I mean, it, it's, it's to go back uh, through Shinsuke's history, even on NXT, you know, and like how excited the fans were when he would show up to the ring. And then his debut on SmackDown, you know, and just everyone singing along. And Shinsuke wouldn't, he didn't say a word. Like, Shinsuke never spoke. He just came out, you know, he had this presence about him. Then he had the cool entrances and takeovers with the violinist. And like, yeah, the crowd singing his song. I mean, it it was just, it was amazing. And now he's just... Yeah, I just, I miss it. I miss it. So to see him potentially, you know, have that again, you know, to go back to that and then to potentially have a WrestleMania moment for him. Oh boy. Like that would be, that would be awesome. That'd be truly awesome. Yeah. One can hope for it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I made mention of uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and they actually followed up this segment. They yep. defended their women's tag team championships in a rematch against uh, Kyrie Sane and Asuka. So um, real quick, so they just forgot about that rule, right? The, the no rematch, rematch clause? clause? Yeah. I don't I, it's I, like damn with they, that, huh? They pick and choose when to follow that or not follow that. <laughs> Honestly, they just, they just do. And, I mean... Let's let's be real. Oh my God. What other tag teams are there right now for the for the, the <laughs> women's division? That's true. You that's know? true. Like, we got some makeshift teams now. 
Well, so, okay, so getting to that, so yeah. just to, to quickly go through this matchup, um, you know, Alexa and Nikki, they ended up winning. They defended their titles, and then they're in the back. They're getting, uh, was it, were they getting interviewed, or they just were in the back and they ran into Dana Brick, Brooke and Carmella. I can't remember if it was, like, a, a planned thing or whatever. They were but... getting interviewed, and, yeah, and then, yeah, Dana Brooke and Carmella walked up on them. Okay. So it, there was a funny moment where um, – you know, Nikki, or not Nikki, where Alexa was saying, whoa, 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 you guys can't just jump the line, you know, like, you gotta go <laughs> yeah. through and earn your spot, and I was like, what, what line? line? <laughs> what <laughs> line? There is no line. If there's you and oh, Nikki, that that. and that's whoa. it. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There are no other tag teams. The only other tag team you just beat twice. Yeah. That's it. That's it. They, you so, got yeah. the iconics, but where they've been? Oh yeah, no, they're in purgatory, man. They're they're, I mean, yeah, we can't even say they're wrestling dark matches. There are no dark matches right now. It's just this, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So they're just gone. They're not on. They're not doing anything. They're in quarantine. Like before quarantine was a thing, they were in quarantine. Um, yeah, so yeah, man, I'm man. guessing you need like a heel tag team for the women's, and you got the iconics just doing yeah. nothing. Yeah, nothing, nothing. There was, um, you know, back before Nia Jax got injured, Nia Jax and Tamina was a thing. Oh, damn. Um, you know, of course, Sasha and Bailey, but all these teams, you know, Fire and Desire, you know, they're they're all done. Yeah, you know, yeah, all these teams are, are done. no longer done. I mean, yeah. are, are, yeah, they are no longer a team. Yeah. So even uh, Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, Team Kick from NXT, if you were to say, hey, you know, that's another one they were building. Nope, not anymore. That lasted a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was done, man. So there is no line. They just have to create some right, makeshift man. tag teams and, and call it a day. Like this. So here we go. That's Dana the Brooke and the women's Carmel. tag teams. They, yeah. they don't have they don't have anything. They need a story to help it to help yeah. that division. It's 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 wild though because there's so many women on the roster mm-hmm. and you know the, the the women's division overall, like they have a lot of names, but no tag teams, and they really haven't focused on... I mean, it shouldn't be surprising because they don't do this for the men either. So it's like, you know, just tag team wrestling in general in WWE is just not a thing, really. Um, it's non-existent, so, man. They don't care. Yeah. yeah. They do not care. And they've shown you that they don't care. Yeah. So it's just, it just here. It's, it's just so blatant because there's literally two tag teams that we have in the women's division right now. And now I guess we have a third, at least for, you know, the, the, the championship matchup that's about to happen. Cause yeah, it's, it's official, I guess that this is going to happen. Carmella, Dana Brooke versus uh, uh, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss for the tag team titles. I didn't even um, like that segment, how they just approached. It felt desperate from Carmella yeah. and, Dana Brooke Dana crossing Brooke. her fingers. Right. Like, come yeah. on, man. That's, that's, that, that makes you look weak. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even Carmella, if it seemed like she wasn't r- jumping into crossing her fingers right away. She saw what Dana Brooke was doing, and she kind of went with it. Yeah. I don't think that that was planned. I think she just kind of was like, oh, shoot. She's already crossing her fingers. Don't copy I guess. her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was not a good look. It was not a good look at all. No, you don't um, think they'll flip-flop these titles for next No, week? I don't. Okay. I don't. I, I think just because there aren't that many tag teams, I think Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss are going to be tag team champions for a long time. I think they're going to hold those belts for a while. They're not going to defend those belts very often. Um, they yeah. might. 
they might do more so what you know other teams have said they were going to do, which is go you know to different to to Raw to NXT and defend those titles in different places every once in a while. They may do that part of the Raw roster, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So you know we may get that, but um, yeah, it's just it's just this division needs some work. It needs some love. It just needs some love. That does it. man more yeah. than a tune up. Yeah, exactly. Rebuild. let's keep going through this so we got uh Dolph Ziggler in a rematch against Tucker um this matchup was was interesting but I hated the finish um I actually enjoyed the finish I I I'm surprised that you said that I actually I'm like you know what that was a nice finish I'm not gonna lie no because Tucker looked like I felt like there was only there's two ways that that Tucker loses, or the, there's two ways that Tuck, this match ends for Tucker. He either wins the match, or Dolph Ziggler gets himself disqualified. Because the way that Tucker looked, Tucker already took a loss somewhat. I mean, he had a disqualification victory over Dolph because Dolph used the steel steps, right? Yeah, did and the then, on the steel steps, great. Exactly. Yeah. And then um, Otis, you know, wins the match at WrestleMania, all right? And now I feel like the story should be over, but they're dragging it out a little bit longer than I think they should, honestly, with Dolph. I feel like, you know, Otis and and Mandy, let's just see them now, you know, like as a pair. And, you know, Sonya Deville, her part, it makes sense that that would continue on. But Dolph, Dolph really just doesn't feel like he should even be a part of the story because clearly he didn't, I mean... The way I, that I the story like is part told. of the story now, because now you have Dolph and Sonya Deville, which I think they have great chemistry. By the way, they they look good together, man. And yeah, but I, I just thought, don't get I don't get the point. Like, what what is why is Dolph and and Sonya Deville a thing? Like that, I don't understand. Well, they, they said that during the match, or not before they you know before the match, but they came out and I guess they went into, they immediately came out of uh, Corey Graves. Like, what are you talking about? We're here. We're looking out for uh, Mandy Rose's best interest. So I guess that's their motive right there. They're trying to get back in the good graces of a Mandy Rose. Yeah. But so I guess the whole thing for, so is, is Dolph now the guy who he actually does care for Mandy. He just was doing this, you know, he just lied just to to get what he wanted, but he actually does care about her because I feel like the whole story was that he just it was it, I don't know it didn't feel genuine. You know, like the the whole thing with him and Mandy was more he just wanted to rub Otis's nose in it, and that was it. It didn't seem like he actually gave but a crap about that Mandy. angle when you know, I guess Mustafa Ali, aka the hacker, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, exposed that secret footage, and Sonya Deville told. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, hey, you know, we both get what you want. We both get what we want. And Dolph, you know, he said, like, okay, yeah, like, for, for Mandy? Oh, yeah, I'll do this. So he's so he he was down for that, man. Yeah, but I just, I don't know. I just feel like I, I'm, I'm over the Dolph side of things. I'm more interested in Sonya Deville and Mandy's split. And like them exploring that more, I feel like Dolph is almost now kind of in the way of that, and it's uh-huh. going to become like a Dolph Otis thing still versus being Sonya and Mandy. You know, at least that's that's my fear. If, if Dolph is know. just I, in, I, Sonya's... I didn't get that feeling right there. Even based off what what I saw off the storytelling, man. But like, what do you think is is happening next? Like, what do you think the matches that's or or matches that are going to happen going forward? Uh, for next week. No, no, no! Just in the storyline, like where do you, how do you see this progressing right now between the the all the all the parties involved? 
All right, well, I know that we'll we'll get a intergender tag team. I know that we'll get that. You know, Dolph and Sonya Deville going against Otis and Manny Rose, we'll get that. But I'm pretty sure we'll get some matches in between that before we even get that. It will be Manny Rose and Sonya Deville going at it. But I guess where where I'm at is if Dolph really does care, then him having a match against Mandy, you know, where she's teamed up with Otis, that makes even less sense then to me. You know, I understand Sonya being like, okay, my best friend, you know, I had her best interest at heart. She's not saying it my way. She slapped yeah. me and she's now they're going to have this this back and forth one on one thing that we're going to see next week. I'm sure there's going to be some words said to one another that's going to make it more personal. And then they're going to face off like that. That makes sense to me. I feel like right now the story should shift to Sonia versus Mandy and like how, you know, Mandy feels betrayed and Sonia feels misunderstood. Dolph's part is done. Like Otis beat him. Like he beat him. He, he cleanly beat him. One, two, three. It was done. You know, I don't feel like Dolph Ziggler, you know, feels like he truly cared about Mandy. It seemed more about winning and it seemed more about sticking it into in Otis's face with the whole, hey, look at these pictures. Hey, you know, and just like with everything that he did, it was seemed to be more like he was with Mandy, almost like like he was picking on Otis just to prove that Otis had no business even thinking he could be with someone like Mandy. I know, but you look at Tucker, he practically did the same thing that Dolph Ziggler did to Otis a week before. And and Tucker was just saying, hey, look at Otis and Manny. Don't they look great? And you see the facial expression on Dolph that, yeah, he, he looked pissed. Yeah. I don't know because he's getting teased with that or yeah. is it that he does have actual feelings for, for Manny Rose? I guess I just don't buy it. You know, I guess from I Dolph's you. side, I, I just don't buy it. I, <laughs> I, I'm more I'm more invested in Your the, the, the fire and desire going split. Right now, that's what it is. Yeah, I just I'm just more invested in them. I just am. You know, I think that Fire and Desire, like, they've been building this potential split for a while, and now it's a time to just focus on them. I think if you have both of these stories kind of going on at the same time, then it kind of takes away from the strength of, of both of them. Yeah. I think just focus on one of them now, which I think the focus should, should be on, let's build Mandy as now this new face star for the women's division and have Otis be what he was for her. That's like a good point. At that, I never thought about that. You know, now you have Mandy as a face and she could be built like that, like top face star. I never exactly. thought about that way. Exactly. And and like what they started to build at the at the Rumble with Otis having her back and like catching her, you know, and stuff like that. I feel mm-hmm. like they have they could have great chemistry there in in aid to building her up as a star and just focusing on that versus, you know, Dolph potentially, you know, still wanting her back. Like I'm, I'm, I'm done with that as far as I'm concerned, but I mean, we'll see what they do, you know, yeah, like yeah. if they can see find how this a, plays out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just where I'm coming from with it. And, and, you know, it, there's so many ways it could go, but you know, I, I'm fire and desires, the story and Sonya too being in the limelight, you know, not just, you know, like kind of backing Dolph, but like backing herself and like standing out on her own two feet too, man. We've been talking about Sonya Deville is to me still the most underrated woman on this roster. It's true, man. You know, it's so true. for her to stand out now and become a heel and become a a, a big heel in the women's division, mm-hmm. this is her chance to do this. This is her moment. So let's let's let her have that. Um, so yeah, that's just that's just my thoughts on that. Um, but uh, this matchup, though, yeah, so I just, I thought that, you know, the, Tucker looked really dominant in this match. 
And, you know, for me, it just, it, 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 like, he was really, like, he was talking smack to, to Dolph. His wrestling looked great. Just everything looked great. I felt like, you know, Tucker losing, Tucker getting pinned, you know, it just, it just felt like it, it, I don't know. It wasn't the worst thing in the world, but while I was watching. And he immediately got super kicked, man. Yeah, but it, that was it. It was just that one super kick. And but sometimes it just takes that one time, you know, you make that mistake. Not as not as as dominant as he looked, man. I just felt like you know to for Tucker the way that the way I felt about it when I was watching the match, I thought, okay, Tucker is about to beat Dolph. He's about to pin him in the ring, or Dolph is about to escape. He's about to low blow him, or Sonya Deville is about to cheat or do something. Yeah, and then you know maybe Otis or Mandy comes out and they have his back. Or whatever, you know, but I didn't think that it would be Tucker just getting beat like that. Like, that just felt a little bit off given, you know, where everything is at right now. Um, but, you know, it, it's, again, I think even talking this through and talking about Mandy the way that I was just a moment ago, I feel like, you know, all of this pales in comparison to what I feel they should do with just her character now. You know, whether Tucker beats Dolph or not, I still think the focus should be more on, on Mandy and just her, you know, getting built up. Okay. Huh. So, Mandy, see when you when you put when you had brought that up, I thought that was a great point on how they can use that momentum that they had, that chemistry from Otis, you know, that moment from WrestleMania, kind of just catapult her into that top face for the women's division. I never really thought about that way because I I don't know, man. I, maybe I just saw her coming like, all right, she's going to be Otis. They're going to be like boyfriend, girlfriend for a while. And then eventually she might get back into her character, just back into that, that vain character. So she's just, you know, in, in love with her looks and all of that. That's what I kind of expected. Yeah, they could. I mean, you know, depending on how the chemistry works and if, if they are working as an on-screen couple. If it's not, then they'll flip it. They'll flip it quick. They'll flip, you know, it, it won't take long. But I think that um, I, I just see that opportunity. I think they have to try it. I have to think they have to try to, to really um, use this as an opportunity to build her now. I think because Otis isn't a tag team, you know, like heavy machinery. That that's, that's their right. thing. Like yeah. so, you know, the the person here who has an opportunity to have real single success. You know, I feel is Mandy, you know, and and I think that she fits the bill, you know, in terms of just, you know, look, presence, you know, her mic skills have gotten a lot better. You know, just her in-ring work has gotten a lot better. She better. She has that ability to to do this. So I think they just strike while the iron's hot. You know, she's got fans behind her now because her and Otis is just just such a great yeah pairing. Just let's see how far she can take it and give her give her that shot. I agree, man. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. Uh, the next thing that happened here, we had an episode of the Dirt Sheet. Uh, Miz and Morrison, you know, talking about uh, the fact that Miz or that Morrison mm-hmm. was the first uh, ever wrestler to retain the tag team titles by himself. Uh, Miz then kind of clapped back in a way with he's the first wrestler <laughs> in WWE history to win the tag team titles from his couch. Um, so that was kind of a funny <laughs> moment <laughs> there. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Would throw that shot in. I'm like typical Miz, bro. Yeah, but it was it was it was it was entertaining though. Yeah, um, you know it was it was a good a good uh, good couple shots back and forth. 
Um, good segment overall. And then, you know, surprise, surprise, we had the Usos come out. Yep. We had the New Day come out. And this is going to keep Big going. E, man, he's like, uh, he's in love with the tag titles. He's like those <laughs> uh, sexy, lickable. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, whoa, <laughs> where are you going with this? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Sometimes, man, he, he pushes the envelope he a lot. He does. But, Ah, oh, man, it's, it's very in your wind. I'm like, um, <laughs> why are you kind of implying right here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, so next next week, I think, is, is either next week or the week after. I'm not, I'm not sure, but. It's next uh, week. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're going to have a rematch um, between those three teams, but all the people that weren't in the match at WrestleMania are going to be the ones wrestling. So we'll have Jey Uso, we'll have uh, Big E, and then we'll have The Miz in a triple threat matchup. I guess no ladder, it'll just be a, a regular triple threat matchup for the mm-hmm. tag team titles. Um, yeah, yeah. Prediction. so that match is happening. That's cool. That's cool. I think it's... Now, I guess, prediction, who do you think is going to win that matchup? You think The Miz is going to retain and they're just going to do it again, or something different is going to happen? I don't know, man, because they don't care about tag teams. They might flip-flop it. Mm. I can yeah, see them flip-flop I... it, too, but... I, I don't know. I don't know. They have to show me that they care about tag teams, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know which what what. This <laughs> feels like a weird match. It does. It just feels weird. I don't. I don't like that this is happening this way. I feel like you know, there's. It's even hard to make a prediction. I guess if I had to make a prediction, I I, I kind of feel like. Okay, so looking at it in a bubble, taking the story out of it. And just looking at the, the the wrestlers involved, Big E would be the favorite to win in he a would. triple threat between those three. Yep. So that would make the most sense. But you know, the Miz, you know, retaining and Miz and Morrison continuing on as tag team champions for a while, yeah. especially after I what happened. Morrison coming out to help Miz, right? And that that's another part of it is that the their tag team partners in this one, I think, will get involved. I think they will play a part in this mm-hmm. in this uh, outcome. Um, and I just, I don't know, Jay, Jay and Jimmy getting split up. I just feel like they're in such a disadvantage, you know, in singles competition <laughs> that I just can't pick either one of them, really. I mean, I, I want to because I'd love to see the Usos tie the New Day. Yeah. But it's just a hard pick to make. They're only, yeah, they're only fighting at half power. Yeah, exactly. You know, the Wonder Twin powers, man, when you right. split them up, it's not, it's not, it doesn't work. Um, so yeah, I feel like I don't know. I feel like story wise, I think the Miz is just going to retain somehow, some way. Yeah, well, you, you could be right, but like like I said, man, I, I I would think that Miz and Morrison would retain, but I would not be surprised if you know if they was to flip flop the title again. Well, one thing that could happen, and we did have a you know debut of a new tag team. <laughs> um, oh I, my I could god! See, I can see if we had this tag team that day. Yeah. Hey, right now we have the Forgotten Sons. Yep, forgotten no more. You know, like yeah, they're they're on SmackDown, and who knows? Maybe they jump into that matchup. Maybe the triple threat's going on, and they just they just do a beat down on everybody involved. And, you know, it just ends. The match ends in a no contest or, you know, Miz takes advantage and, and gets a pin. Maybe they focus on Big E, you know, and try to send yeah. a message. Um, Take him out. You know, yeah, yeah, I can see something like that, you know, happening too. Cool. It's cool. When when the Forgotten Sons debuted, man, I literally had my mouth drop. My <laughs> mouth dropped. It was like I heard the music and then 
I'm like, for real? And then Michael Cole goes on, like, oh, yeah, they're making their de- debut from NXT. Now they're part of the SmackDown roster. Mouth instantly dropped. Yeah, I was he said like, something about them being like they they first they dominated NXT. Now they're coming here. How did they dominate NXT? <laughs> dominated what? Right. That's, that's what I was like baffled by this. Yeah, they didn't do anything. They dominated NXT. NXT. Really. I'm like, yeah. since when? <laughs> now when I was watching, no, they was yeah, forgotten. They were very forgotten. Yeah, and they yeah, were all happy. Like, Look at it, forgotten no more. I'm like, yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to smack down live, but, oh, man. man. I mean, uh, Blake and Murphy, you know, when Wesley Blake was a part of that team, they won the tag team championship. So if he's trying to, I guess, say, hey, you know, like the, <laughs> collect, I guess, in a roundabout way, <laughs> you know, Wesley Blake was a tag team champion and they were a successful team, but that's not this team. You know, and, and this team, Forgotten Sons, yeah, Jackson Riker, you know, is this big, scary, dominant he guy. He always thought that, okay, if they were going to bring somebody up, it would be Jackson Riker. I'm like, right. they would just split up the... You know, no forgotten, forgotten sons. sons. Yep, yeah. I always thought they would just split up Forgotten Sons. Yeah, yeah. I guess they're gonna take the place of the revival and just kind of be like, you know, that team that you know, it'll fit more here. But because the revival, the way that they were always booked, it, it kind of was. They were almost a joke. Yeah. You know, they were putting a lot of gimmick matches, and they were, you know, were just kind of like made fun of and put in embarrassing situations. I feel like the Forgotten Sons are gonna be that. That it's going to be that same thing. Like they they made them look dominant here, but when it gets real, when they go against actual tag teams, they're going to start to diminish little by little, and they're just going to be a joke. You know, they'll be like like I already, I already see that man. I already you see know that. I already said they was going. I'm like, as soon as they debut, I'm like, they're going they're going to be a joke. Yeah, a joke. Yeah. And then Jackson Riker will probably just say, you know, I'm done with this. I'm not a joke, and just destroy both of them and just be a singles wrestler. So, yeah. Yeah, man. It's pretty clear. The writing's on the wall for how that's going to happen. It's just so clear. Oh, man. Oh, man. But, yeah, Forgotten Sons, Forgotten No More. They're on SmackDown. They beat Lucha House Party in their debut. Uh, it was a good match, but, yeah, it just doesn't seem – it's not anything I can take seriously. No. Nah. You know, it's just nah. just not. If people is not familiar with them, like they're like, oh, man, this is like a good team, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have fun with that. Yep. <laughs> I'll leave that out. Let you believe that. Yes, yes. Oh, man. Now, let's talk about Tamina for a little bit. All right. Um, you know, Tamina, well, it started out with, with Bailey and Sasha. Yeah. Um, mostly Bailey celebrating her win, um, you know, and, and Bailey saying, hey, you know, they thought that we were going to split up and turn on each other and they were wrong and our friendship, no one understands it. And Sasha was there and she seemed, you know, like backing her friend and she, yeah. you know, there was no signs of dissension between the I two don't of know, them. Maybe I saw one if you had to pay attention because when Bailey was saying, you know, giving that, that whole speech saying like, I got two words for you. And Sasha said, screw you. She immediately, she didn't look at the camera and said, screw you. She looked at Bailey and said, she that. did. It was subtle. I saw that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I was like, uh, hmm. Maybe. Yeah. They 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 filmed it in such a way that you really had to be paying attention yep. to see it. So it wasn't something that was blatantly obvious nah. that there was an issue between between these these teams. Um, you know, I just see it as right now they're they're playing the long game 
they're giving us subtle hints, but really, I think it's going to be a while before we see them completely split. Um, but here, uh, Tamina, you know, kind of adds a whole new wrinkle to this because she came out and she said, you know, nobody beat me. It took all of you to beat me. Not one of you was able to, to beat me one on one. All of the women involved ended up jumping on me and that's why I lost. And so, you know, challenge Bailey and said, hey, if you're, you really are a champion, then challenge me one on one, you know, or let me challenge you one on one for that title. Um, Bailey kind of laughed it off, but she said, hey, well, you know what? OK, I'm fair. Um, if you <laughs> if if you can beat the what she say the the standard the blueprint the boss Sasha Banks then you know you can get a title <laughs> shot against me and Sasha's face right there when she was saying that was like you know what Are you serious did, right so the commentary was like uh, did she just screw her best friend yeah well and that's what Samina said she was like hey sis. Your friend there, your bestie, just screwed you. And then she dropped the mic and left. And then Sasha was just kind of standing there looking at Bailey like, what just happened? And Bailey's like, you got this. You got this. I believe in you. You know, trying to build her up and talk her up. But, yeah, that was, that was the to me, the first, you know, clear sign that they gave that, okay, you know, this is, something is happening here. Um, you know, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where they go. I mean, Tamina, you know, I still, Tamina's going to beat Sasha. I think, and then have this match against Bailey, which cool for Tamina. I'm not really excited about that. No, um, you know, like, no. why? It's just, <sighs> like, I get it. You came out there, you you made somewhat of a good point. Like, it took all of you to beat me, but I'm like, it's within the rules. This is a fatal, <laughs> fatal, 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 oh, fatal five way. Fatal five way. Like, what do you expect? Yeah, Hell yeah, they're gonna team up on you. Let's get you know the that strongest person out of here. Right, right. So, yeah, it totally made sense what they did in the context of that matchup. Um, but I think also, too, they, they booked her so strong in that that it made it kind of made sense that Tamina would come out here and say what she's saying. And that, you know, one-on-one, if it took all of you to beat me, one-on-one, not one of you can beat me. So let's put it to the test, you know, and then let's see. And let, let's see Bailey versus Tamina. They're going to have Sasha versus Tamina first. And Tamina is going to, I believe, she's going to beat her. Unless something, you know, wild happens, I feel like Tamina is going to win that match, but then lose to Bailey. Um, and I think Sasha's going to help Bailey yet again, you know, to, to retain in that matchup if they do it. But, you know, I'm just not really excited about it. I don't think there's anything they can do with Tamina's character right now to get me excited about that. I would be if they can somehow make Tamina interesting, then that would be one of the greatest success stories ever, you know, to turn Tamina into being seeming just not relevant to hey, someone we're interested in talking about, but she's not there yet. She's not there right now. And it's it's been a long time. She's been in the company for a while. So I don't I don't ex- expect that to change anytime soon. But hey, g- good for her and good for her career that she's getting this moment. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, better late than never. So if you know, for her having this moment and then going against uh, having a WWE Women's Championship match. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll see. That's coming up pretty soon. Um, Sheamus versus Cal Bloom was this guy's name. Um, yep. Another just squash matchup. Sheamus just destroyed this guy. Um, you know, really nothing to talk about here. Short of just Sheamus at the end, kind of uh, gave a stare down to uh, Michael Cole and Corey Graves 
Uh, they were talking. Who were they talking about when when he gave them that stare down? I feel like they were talking about a certain wrestler, and then he kind of looked over there and you know gave him that look. And I I can't remember who that was specifically. Yeah, I, I can't even think on the top of my head who they was talking about. Yeah, it's it's, it's something to go back and look at. But I feel like they're they're kind of building up Sheamus versus someone um, coming up here in the future. Um, but yeah, just even thinking about the SmackDown roster, like, you know, and, and just where Sheamus goes from here, um, you know, I think they talked about the money in the bank and Sheamus, you know, potentially being in that matchup, which would make a lot of sense for, for, you know, Sheamus to be a part of that. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I want, I think that Sheamus is doing really well with being the squash guy and I'm actually kind of excited to see him and his, his matches just go out there and just be dominant well that's um, what he kind of alluded to in his in his promos right he was like this the Smackdown roster or just the roster in general is weak so yeah so I guess he's just about to you know get all take all the weak guys out yeah start with him it just it, it, it works it makes sense um, so now, you know, I think the next thing would be, you know, for him to, to get a, a pretty decent feud mm-hmm. um, and to be in Money in the Bank. The guy that they were talking about actually was Jeff Hardy. It was Jeff Hardy because oh, they did that. They okay. were getting ready to show that that video of, of him. And, like, it's like part one of this video package is built, uh, talking about his history in the WWE. But, yeah, it was Jeff Hardy they were talking about. And, um, yeah, Sheamus just kind of gave him that look. He kind of heard them talking about Jeff Hardy. So that was a little bit of a hint on what, what's next for Sheamus. So we'll see whether it's just, you know, they'll both be in the Money in the Bank ladder match or they're going to actually have a one-on-one feud. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see where where which way they go with that. Yeah, because the qualifying um, matches start next week, right? Yes. Yes, they do. Okay. They do. So we got uh, we got the road to money in the bank coming up here in a minute, and uh, yeah, speaking of that, uh, the the champ who we hope will be defending that title at Money in the Bank, um, he had his his uh, it wasn't even his first title defense; it was just a match. But he and Shinsuke Nakamura went at it. We talked about it a little bit in the beginning. Uh, Braun Strowman, you know, ended up winning the matchup, not surprisingly. But it was a longer matchup than he had with Goldberg, so I wanted to make that point that you know it was it was amazing that uh, WrestleMania matchup you know just did not have the nearly the same amount of time as this matchup did. Uh, so kudos to to Shinsuke and Braun you know for putting on a better match here than than we saw at WrestleMania. Um, yeah, and they both looked good. Uh, I didn't feel like Shinsuke looked looked bad at all you know, in this loss. Cesaro tried to help. Yeah. And Cesaro tried. Yeah, yeah. He tried. He tried. He tried. He was there. Yeah. You know. <laughs> It'd be nice to see have the artist collective, you know. The the mastermind, the, the liberator. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's why they lost. That's yeah. see, if he was there then, you know, it would have went differently, I guess. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, man, Braun Strowman ended up retaining. Yep. He looked great, retained the uh, the championship, he was celebrating, and then he was interrupted by the Firefly Funhouse. So this was interesting. Uh Braun, you know, he has um he, he rewrites history. Uh there was, there was history on the blackboard, he erased it, rewrote history in big letters, and he's like, Yeah, just just don't mind me, just rewriting a little history. And he talks about what he did to John Cena and how he made him disappear. And that finally, you know, we really can't see you, John Cena, was the, the line he dropped there, yeah, which yeah. was pretty cool. And then he saw Braun, and he, you know, kind of addressed Braun. 
um, he kept saying the words like um, son and that he was the creator and he wanted Braun to make him proud. Um, so there was a lot of like, I'm your father. I'm the person that brought you yeah. into this world. I essentially. master people moments. Right, right. So, um, you know, I just I really enjoyed um, their segment together and just the two of them playing off of each other. Um, but specifically uh, Bray kind of bring back the history of just like, you know, where where Braun came from, that he was, you know, one of he was in the Wyatt family, you know, and he brought him up, you know, and and he said that Braun turned his back on his family and he gave him one chance. He said, you know what, it it'll all be okay as long as you apologize. And Braun said, you know, I'm not playing these games, Bray and then that what did what did Bray said? Bray said, "Well, it seems like you've been spending a lot of time telling people to get these hands, but you haven't figured out how to get those manners or learn some manners." Learn some manners. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that was a cool line, and uh, yeah, he told him. He said, "You know, I, I I brought you in this world. I guess I'm gonna have to take you out." And he has something on his shoulders that he wants, and he wants that title back. So. We're getting a Braun versus Bray matchup, finally, uh, this time for the Universal Championship. And uh, it was funny, too, because, you know, how Bray usually ends his his Firefly Funhouse's match where, you know, he's like, all right, bye, see ya. (laughs) Well, Braun, you know, cut him off and he said, hey, hey, Bray, I just want you to know that whenever you're ready, I'm, I'm ready to let you in. Bye. <laughs> See you later. Just <laughs> the same exact thing. Oh, I got a kick out of that, bro. Yeah, that was great. That, that, that was, was a great. great touch, great finishing touch by by uh, Bron. Totally unexpected, man. And when he did it, it didn't feel like unnatural. It felt natural from him coming. Yeah, it did. It did. It, it was. It was. They have great chemistry. Um, this I feel like is a match that we. I, Look, I told somebody today, I said, um, you know, this was the match I feel they probably should have had at WrestleMania, to be honest with you. Mm. It would have been cool, you know, this is fan booking, but if Bray would have beaten Goldberg and then he was coming in still, you know, essentially undefeated, and then Braun challenges him at WrestleMania and is the first person to beat The Fiend, like, that would have, you know, been, been awesome at WrestleMania, but... We're here. This is post, you know, the the post WrestleMania world with with no Goldberg and no Brock Lesnar for a while. Yep. So we're possibly getting back no Roman to Roman Reigns as well. Possibly, possible at least for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, so so I'm I'm glad we're getting this matchup. Um, I guess the the only kind of downside to this is somebody's got to lose, and yep. I feel like the loss. Someone's going to lose momentum here, like big time. Um, if Braun loses the title in his first defense against the Fiend, it's going to be terrible because, you know, it's like, when is this guy ever going to get taken seriously? If he just loses this belt immediately, it would be awful. And then for Bray, if he loses, it's oh like, my, okay, he lost the, twice now? Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it uh, feels like a lose lose situation. Yeah. Honestly, um, man, even though this is what they, this is a good story. Honestly, I think they should have waited to do this. Yeah. Because, you know, that fiend loss is still still fresh. And, you know, even though he, you know, he got his momentum back by erasing John Cena, you know, through that Firefly Funhouse match, uh I think he just, he, he should focus on someone else, man, but not 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 Braun and not that title so soon. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I agree that I, it was such a such mixed feelings when this was happening, you know, because it makes sense. And yet it does feel too soon. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like, you know, Braun just got this title. You can't take it off of him now. Um, but then can the Fiend lose, you know, and it'd be OK for the Fiend for Bray? I guess one way you could do it is if it's it's the Mister Rogers version of Bray that goes against Braun. Okay, well, yeah, you know, yeah, like that. I could buy Braun winning and it not hurting Bray because he didn't bring out the Fiend yet. Up, yeah, so that's a good point. If they do yeah. it like that, I, I think that's the only way to do it. Yeah, if Bray was to come out with that Mister Rogers pers- personality and then leave the Fiend behind, and yeah, I think that's the only yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be that. That would that would be one way that I would look at it, trying to do this so that you kind of protect both of them. Because I, honestly, I think Braun has to win. I just think Braun has to win. As much as you know, I feel like Bray taking a loss right now it would hurt him some. But you know, I, I feel like you have to have Braun win. So just write that down and, and just put that away. Like Braun wins, and then it's all about how do you protect Bray in this? How do you not make him look too weak in this loss? Because, yeah, you, you just started rebuilding him past that, you know, loss to Goldberg. He looked great in that Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania against John Cena. He's back to having some momentum. So you can't, you don't want to kill that right away. Um, so we'll see, man. It's, this is a tricky one. It's a tricky one because I want to be excited about it, but I'm yes. also damn nervous about it, too. Very. <laughs> it's, it's, they got to, I, I don't even know how to. Do this besides if they're going to in- introduce the fiend, I, I don't see a way that the fiend lose and he still comes out good, comes out strong. Yeah, yeah, a loss for the fiend would would be yeah. tough to to come back from again. Like losing to Goldberg and then losing to to Braun. I mean, it's That's more right. respectable to to lose to Braun in some way. You know, even though Goldberg is is Goldberg, but yeah. you know. To lose to Braun, I feel like, you know, as a fan, I would I would somewhat accept that more, but it would still it feels like, man, you you I'm starting to lose a little bit of more respect for the fiend as a character if he loses this matchup, <laughs> you know, to, to Braun. So which is worse? Man. The loss for the fiend? I think or the loss I think, for Braun. I think the man, which one's worse? I think the loss for Braun is worse. I think the loss for Braun is worse. Because I think Braun, you know, there's been so many ups and downs for Braun. And he's never, this is the first time he's ever been Universal Champion. Yeah. And so finally it looks like he's legitimized. Like finally they're taking him seriously. Finally they're giving him this moment to shine in the main event. And to lose it immediately, I, I just, I think that's it. I think you just can't take him seriously anymore. You know, he already kind of was on on the verge of not being taken seriously anymore, and then he wins the title. You know, but you you take the belt off him immediately. Oh boy! Yeah, like that just that just confirms that you really don't think of him as being anything else but an attraction. Yep. That's it. Attraction. That's all he was. Yeah. A transitional champion. Yeah, that that would be awful. That'd that happens, awful. bro. I was like, that's not it. Yeah, you're right, man. I think it would be a worse for Braun. Yeah. yeah. Like, The Fiend, I think there's ways to work around that. And I think you can build... Like, let's even say The Fiend loses. 
I feel like it's more likely that they're able to figure out a way to write the fiend to build him back up faster than you could build Braun back up. Because, you know, Braun, this, this just feels like, okay, this is it, man. It's like your last chance to really make us believe in you again, that you are, you know, the monster among men. Like, that is real. Whereas with The Fiend, I feel like he's he's just got this mystique about him sometimes where you just, like, especially right now yeah. with the Firefly Funhouse match, if he loses, I think you could still do something again. Like, if he was to have a match against The Undertaker after losing to, to Braun as The Fiend, dude. It, it would be it would be insane. I think Fiend would be right back up there again. And to so, like to officially retire him, retire mm-hmm. Undertaker. Like this is no coming yes. back. It's not like a you know, haha. Yeah, it might be a retire. You know, when he lost to Roman Reigns, but you know, a few months later he's back. Uh, I yeah, think, yeah. I think you're right about that, man. Man, and you just saying that too, like retiring the Undertaker. Yeah. Now I feel like that is the only outcome that I'll accept <laughs> for the Undertaker is if the Fiend is the person to retire him. Yep. I feel like that's that is the way he has to go out is against the Fiend. Period. I don't want John Cena retiring him. I don't want Brock Lesnar retiring him. Uh, Goldberg, Roman. No, the Fiend because be there's been. Yes, him, even when he was, you know, just a rocking chair Bray Wyatt, like there was always something between him and The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. And so to for The Undertaker to finally like pass that last, torch. When they, uh, what was the WrestleMania, was it 33, 33 or 32, but either or, uh, you know, yeah. Undertaker beat him. Yeah, yeah. So for him, for Bray to, to rewrite history yet again and be the one, not just to beat Undertaker, but to retire him that last match, and it's the oh god, that would be so perfect. That would be that would be a career making match, a career making moment for Bray to be the guy to say, yeah, I retire. Sure, Brock Lesnar was the first guy to break the streak, and Roman Reigns, you know, he bought he beat him at WrestleMania too. But I ended his career, dude. Yeah, that has to happen. Has to happen, man. Yep. Yeah, if so, if the fiend loses against Braun, the only way he can come back from this, all right, he got to reofficially retire the Undertaker. Has to happen yeah. at WrestleMania. Has to. That's it. Yep, yep. That's it. One last match, and he beats him. He retires him. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm sign me up, man. I write it down. That's the way I want it to end. If anybody else retires the Undertaker, I'm, I'm, Ooh, I'm, I'm gonna type that up. I'm gonna finalize yes. it, stamp it, yes. send it right on over to you. There we go. Done. Signed and sealed, man. It's, it's two predictions. That's So one is is what we just said here. The Fiend retiring the Undertaker. The other one is that Aleister Black is going to win the Royal Rumble. The 2021 Royal Rumble, it will be Aleister oh, Black. Man. I have been saying that. So, you know, write those down and see, see what happens there. Put them in the time capsule. Um, well, so that's it for both the Raw and SmackDown recaps. Any any final thoughts on this week's shows for WWE? Uh, you know, given no crowd for the the shows after WrestleMania, I you know, believe me, I I, I I think it did suffer from that. Uh, you know, just the way WWE format their shows without the crowd, so it, it was lacking that energy that I was missing because I, I, I got to be honest, man, for Raw and more on SmackDown, though, I treated I treated when I was watching it, it was like background noise to me. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm over 
the fact that there's no crowd anymore. Mm. And I, I've just started to really get into the idea of being able to hear the wrestlers dialogue while they're wrestling, you know, and so some matches are better than others because some wrestlers are better, you know, at having that back and forth trash talking yep. than other wrestlers. So those matches where they're not really trash talking, you know, it's easier for me to just tune that out and to, to lose focus. But when you get two guys who are, you know, two girls or two, you know, competitors in the ring that are just like, you know, are really good at, 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 you know, trash talking or have a really good story that I can really get invested in, then, you know, I just lose myself in it. So it really depends right now um, with how good it is. But to me, it's not really so much about the crowd. It's more about just um, the I I feel like this is exposing some wrestlers and really highlighting the strengths of others, you know, in this. So that's that's the way I'm choosing to look at it. But, you know, your point taken, you know, definitely with a with a crowd. It, it is an energy that that can't be replaced. Yeah, so it's just something be maybe because I'm expecting maybe around, I don't know, August, September, we'll get back to crowds. But when I as we get as we starting to inch closer and closer to that, to that yeah. timeline, I'm getting to think, you know, with this whole pandemic, like, man, it's not even looking like that. It might be like, I don't know, next year. Because even yeah, if they're like, all right, it's, it's done, you know, to be in the vicinity with all those people, people are going to be like, I don't know if I want to be part of that right now. Right. You know, just coming. Right, to have sold out arenas. Yeah. It may not be a while. Um, you know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, for me, I just feel like I'm, I'm this, there's a new normal that I'm starting to settle into with the no crowd. And so it's like, okay, so what's what are we getting and, and what's the, the positive side of looking at the, these matches and you know the sound the hits the the trash talk you, it's more intense in a way because it's just there's there is no crowd kind of drowning out a lot of those sounds you're hearing everything so it, it could be a little bit more intense or a, a really bad match is just worse now yeah. you know when there's no crowd too. Get exposed so, yeah, you're getting exposed <laughs> you know so that's what i'm saying you're either yeah. getting exposed or it's highlighting the ones well, you that know are really there dead. are some matches that probably probably uh be dead by the crowd that has now that has more time to breathe and now like oh you know what this that was actually a pretty good match but it's been times you know matches that been they didn't they didn't work for the crowd they actually worked for me but I thought I wish the crowd got more into it I think we we might see more of that and I I look at that as a pro yeah it, it's gonna be interesting I mean we I guess the there was news that broke that uh, WWE is gonna go back to doing live shows starting this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be interesting too. The fact that they're not going to be pre-taped anymore, um, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I feel like this is, is again, this is just, um, you know, it's it's kind of the the new normal that we have to settle into for a while. So you know, more more to come on in terms of how this continues to evolve. Um, you know, the, the 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 stages, the sets, the the just the atmosphere. I think you know they may play with that a little bit. You know, maybe more cinematic matches we'll get. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do, and and eventually we will get back to crowds again. It'll be it'll be an amazing day when we do because you know it, it, I, I do miss it. But you know, for what we have right now, I feel like there's some there's some great things that are happening in this you know mold that we have right now for, for these matches too. Um, but yeah, more to come. We will see. But that's going to do it for this week's episode, this week's recap of Raw and SmackDown. So for Devin, I'm Hafiz. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast.